Welcome to Your Badass Brain, the podcast that uses coaching, psychology, and simple neuroscience to arm you with the knowledge and tools to get from where you are now to where you really want to be. And here's your host, professional certified coach, April Oswald, to help you get the most from your badass brain. Hey there, everybody. I'm so glad that you've joined me for episode three of the podcast. I'm April, and I'm really excited for this episode because for me personally, today's topic may very well be one of the most, if not the most, life-changing concept that I've ever learned. And putting this knowledge into practice in my life has freed me up from so much of the misery and suffering that I used to create for myself. And the topic is emotions, our ability to understand what they are, and our willingness to really feel them. And if this sounds like a soft or fluffy or hippie thing, you know, feel your emotions, that's not what it is, right? Or if the idea of this topic makes you want to run for the hills, then suck it up and hang in there for the next 20 minutes or so, because this episode is especially made for you. And believe me, I get it. I spent a lot of my life trying to avoid and outrun my emotions without even realizing that this is what I was doing. I got really good at hiding and pretending and accomplishing. And from the outside, I often appeared to have it all together. But on the inside, it always felt like a struggle. Like I couldn't quite figure out how to just be okay, how to just feel good. And even feeling really good was uncomfortable for me, right? Any kind of emotions felt wrong and felt scary. And I understand why, because my dad is bipolar, and throughout my childhood, he would experience intense bouts of both mania and depression. So any emotions really did seem dangerous, and yet they were never discussed or talked about, even when he attempted suicide, or even when he was hospitalized uh, in the psychiatric unit. In fact, my mom, you know, thinking that she was doing what was best for me and my brother, always tried to hide what was going on by pretending that everybody was okay. And then she suffered in silence. So I learned that emotions are something to be hidden and lied about, and that they might even be dangerous. And while my situation may have been on the more extreme end, it isn't a ton different from what many of us learn about emotions as children, even when we're raised in mentally healthy households. Think about what we do when we see a child who's upset. We say things like, oh, don't be sad or don't be disappointed. We try to immediately cheer them up, sometimes even with treats or with toys. When they're angry or frustrated, we tell them not to be often even getting angry or frustrated ourselves in the process. And we teach them that they shouldn't do anything that might cause another person to experience a negative emotion. In my house, it was always, don't tell Nunny. Uh, Nunny was my grandmother, but it was always, don't tell Nunny this or don't tell Nunny that because she'll be upset, you know, as if that was the worst thing in the world. We're even taught to lie about things rather than to say something that could result in a negative emotion in another person. And then as we get older, we're told things like, just get over it, or toughen up, or the one I used earlier in the episode, suck it up. We're taught that showing emotion is weak or unattractive, and then throw in advertising and social media. 
They bombard us with images of people looking happy all the time and trying to convince us that we should be that way too. And that if we aren't, it's because something is wrong with us. So it's no wonder that so many of us become adults who think that negative emotions are something taboo, like something we shouldn't feel or that we should be able to easily overcome. But guess what? There is nothing wrong with negative emotion. Everyone with a human brain experiences them. Everyone, no matter how much money you have, no matter what you look like, no matter if you're single or married, employed, unemployed, children, no children, there is nothing you can do as a human being that will stop you from experiencing negative emotions. And I'm not telling you this as like a downer. It's not bad news. In fact, it's the opposite. I'm telling you this so that you can stop thinking that you shouldn't feel negative emotions. I'm telling you this so that you can let go, even just a little bit, to the pressure you put on yourself to be happy and positive all of the time. So that you can give yourself permission to just feel whatever you feel. To let go of the resistance and the constant striving to feel better. It's well known that anxiety and depression in both teens and adults is more prevalent than ever before. And sometimes this is clinical, right? It's a diagnosis that requires medical intervention. So if you're concerned about that, please see your doctor. Don't be ashamed or beat yourself up for needing to seek medical treatment. It's not weak to do so, right? It's strong and empowering to know that you're doing what you need to be healthy and to take care of yourself. I myself have been diagnosed with depression in the past, and I'm so grateful that I got the treatment I needed. There is also a lower level, non-clinical level of depression and anxiety that so many people are experiencing. And while I'm not a medical doctor or psychologist, I think a lot of this stems from the fact that we don't know how to allow and feel our emotions. That a lot of the anxiety that we experience comes from a buildup of all of the unprocessed emotions that we suppress and fight and try to escape on a daily basis. It comes from thinking that we should feel differently that we, than we do, and if we don't, something is really wrong with us. Right? We're tired and exhausted from fighting against the negative emotion, and sometimes feeling like we'll never win the battle. And often we feel alone, like we're the only ones feeling this way. And if this resonates with you at all, I can promise you that you are not alone. In fact, it's far from it. There are so many people out there living like this. I want to offer that from personal experience, both my own and the many people I've studied with and coached with, relief does not come from resisting your negative emotions. Relief comes from allowing them to be there, from learning how to let your body process them so they don't build up and weigh you down or flood you with that excess energy that you experience in the form of anxiety. And the first step in doing this is to start acknowledging your emotions, to stop resisting long enough to just let them be there. And it's not comfortable especially if you've always thought of yourself as a non-emotional person, right? If you've been gotten really good at not allowing your emotions in. I've witnessed the discomfort that even talking about this brings up in people, both through my coaching, but also throughout my um, long corporate career. 
I spent 20 years at various companies and a lot of times they would do these personal or professional development type workshops. And every once in a while, um, a facilitator would bring up the topic of emotions in the workplace. Oh my God, you'd have thought that people had been told they weren't getting their paychecks that month. The discomfort in the room would be palpable. Right? You'd see people kind of slink down in their chairs or start scribbling on their papers or uh, all of a sudden need to attend to something in some faraway place. And I even worked with some leaders that believed that emotions did not even belong in the workplace, which is crazy because emotions are what drive us as human beings from the time we are born until the time we die. And pretending they don't exist, or worse, closing ourselves off to them and being oblivious to the fact that they do, whether at work or anywhere else, limits the opportunity to harness the power that our emotions hold over our lives. We as human beings are at the top of the evolutionary ladder. And one of the main things that distinguishes us from other species is our ability to experience emotion. Evolution has created emotion for a reason. And if you have a healthy human brain, they play a huge role in your life, whether you know it or not. And when you aren't aware of the role that your emotions are playing in your life, they end up controlling you. They hold us back from creating and accomplishing the things that we really want in our lives. Numerous studies in recent years have shown that EQ, which is our emotional quotient, our emotional intelligence, is at least as much, if not more, correlated with success in the workplace as IQ. And I think that as computers take over more and more of the intellectual functions in the workplace, emotional intelligence is what will be most valued in leadership. Right? It is what will distinguish the most successful leaders, even more so than it does today. But not all of us have the goal of being corporate leaders. We have all different kind of goals from careers to relationships to fitness to just wanting to feel more confident or to simply want to have a better life experience. In fact, the reason that we have any of the goals we have, the reason that we want whatever it is that we want, is because of how we think we will feel when we have it. Our goals are driven by our emotions. So are all of our decisions and so are all of our actions. Whether we're consciously aware of it or not, the reason we do or don't do anything is because of either the positive emotion we want to feel or the negative emotion that we're trying to escape or avoid. And I want to offer that it is those negative emotions that we try so hard to avoid, the ones that we resist or we react to in ways that we aren't proud of, it is those negative emotions that can be the key to experiencing a happy more joyful, and successful life. In other words, I'm suggesting that you should start feeling badly more often. Sounds pretty awesome, right? But seriously, think of a negative emotion that you experience regularly. Is it overwhelm, anxiety, anger, sadness, irritation? And if it's all of the above, just pick one for now. And whatever emotion you've chosen... How do you know when you're feeling that way? How do you know when you're angry? How do you know when you're overwhelmed? Most people answer that question by explaining what they believe to be their cause of their emotion. And it's usually uh, some circumstance or other, right? What is happening in their lives or what has happened. Like, 
I feel overwhelmed because there are 23 things on my to-do list. Or I'm disgusted when I see my body in a bathing suit. Or I'm pissed off because my boss didn't invite me to a certain meeting. But if you've listened to either of my last two podcast episodes, you know that the circumstances of our lives are not what cause us to feel the way we feel. And that it only seems that way because we aren't aware of what is really going on in our brains and bodies. And what's really going on is that our brains are taking in the sensory information from any given circumstance, processing it through our default programming in order to make a prediction about what it means. And then based on that prediction, they release chemicals into our bodies to make sure that we're prepared to respond appropriately. And it is those physiological sensations that we experience as emotions. In other words, our emotions are simply physical sensations in our bodies. We kind of view them as more of a mental thing than a physical thing, but that's because just like our brain takes in sensory information from the external world, it also takes in information from our internal world. It senses those physical changes in our body, and it makes them mean something. In fact, it is a specific sense that we have that is in addition to the five basic senses that we're taught in school. And no, it isn't the sixth sense, as in I see dead people. It's something called uh, interoception. And just like the senses of sight and hearing and touch provide us with info about what's going on outside our bodies, interoception provides information about what is going on inside our bodies. So basically, there's just this big feedback loop between our brains and our bodies, right? Our brains have a thought about something that creates chemical messages that cause changes that we experience as physical sensations. The brain then senses those internal changes, has a thought about them, releases further chemicals, which causes more or different physiological changes, and on and on and on. And all of this happens so fast that if you don't realize this is what's happening, if you're not paying attention to it, it just seems like emotions can come out of the blue, right? Or it seems like whatever happened, whatever the circumstance is, is what caused the emotion. But without the physical sensations, an emotion would be nothing but an intellectual concept that we've been taught, right? Like a vocabulary word. If you were all brain and no body, you would not feel any emotions. It's similar to when you feel cold. You can be taught that when the temperature is below a certain level, that's considered cold. But without a body to experience the physical sensation, you would know the definition of cold, but you wouldn't know what it feels like. Or if you were told that rain is considered wet, but you had no body, you would not know what it feels like to be wet. And the same is true of emotion. We can be taught, and in fact, we often are taught to make associations between an emotion and some given circumstance, right? Like we could be told that when you think the items on your to-do list require more time than you have available, you will be overwhelmed, all right? If you're all brain and no body, you would intellectually know when you're overwhelmed, but it wouldn't mean anything. You wouldn't feel it. Or you can be told that when someone gives you a box wrapped in pretty paper, you should be excited, But without a body, you would not know what excitement feels like. You would just know it as an intellectual concept, like an if-then statement. If long to-do list, then overwhelm. 
if given a gift, then excitement. Right? It becomes pure logical reasoning rather than a feeling. So now with that in mind, let's go back to the negative emotion that you chose earlier. But imagine that nobody ever taught you the words for any emotion. You'd never learned the word anger or disappointment or frustration or sadness or humiliation or any other emotion. Only way that you could explain how you feel is by the physical sensations that you experience. Now, how would you explain what it's like to feel your selected emotion? Where in your body do you feel it? Does your chest feel tight? Does your breathing change? What about your heart rate? Does your head feel light or heavy? Your face feel flushed? Where do you feel a excess energy or a depletion of energy? And what is the worst thing about those sensations? Is anything physically painful or intolerable? When you start realizing that your emotions are just these physical sensations, Sure, they might feel weird or uncomfortable, but you'll see that they can't hurt you. And they certainly can't kill you, and they don't last forever. There is no emotion that your body can't handle. If you were willing to experience any emotion, what could possibly hold you back from doing whatever it takes to accomplish all of your goals? Whatever it takes to create the changes that you want in your life. Really think about that. What actions would you be willing to take that you aren't taking right now if you weren't afraid to experience failure, disappointment, fear, or rejection? What could possibly stop you from reaching your goals if fear and failure didn't matter? And how many times have you hidden who you really are or what you really think because you don't want to feel rejected or ashamed? What new relationships might you create? Or how much more connection could you experience in your current relationships if rejection wasn't a concern for you? And these are just a couple of examples where emotions control us by keeping us in our box, right? By keeping us from taking certain actions. But there are also many situations where our unwillingness to accept and feel certain emotions leads to actions that we really don't want to be taking. Like we yell at our kids, when we're frustrated, because that seems to relieve some of that frustration in the moment, but then we feel terrible afterwards. Or we have that second or that third drink when we swore we'd only have one, because we don't want to sit with that feeling of, you know, deprivation or whatever you would call it that you would have to feel if you deny yourself that drink that you want. Or we nitpick or make these snide comments to our spouses or partners because we're irritated And it feels better to us to just say something. And we eat. All the things we said we wouldn't eat. We eat to not feel bored. We eat to feel less stressed. We eat to relieve anxiety. And more than anything, we worry. We worry about so many things. But all we're really worried about is the possibility of an emotion that we may have to experience in the future. Whatever it is you're afraid of, What you're really afraid of is the emotion that you may have to feel. We create these guaranteed negative emotions in the present as a way of trying to avoid negative emotion that we could possibly feel in the future. But if you weren't afraid of feeling your emotions, 
there would be nothing you would need to worry about. But we do worry, and we do the other things. We yell, and we drink, and we eat, and we do so many other things to try to escape our negative emotions. And we avoid doing so many things, and we miss out on opportunities because we're trying to avoid those negative emotions. Imagine how your life might be different if you just had like a 100% bring-it-on attitude toward any possible emotion that you could experience. Embarrassment? Bring it on. Disappointment? Bring it on. Right? Rejection? Bring it on. What would there be to stop you if fear of your emotions didn't hold you back? Realizing that emotions are just physical sensations in your body is the first step to getting there. And in order to do that, you have to start paying attention to them. So next time you experience an emotion, really allow yourself to feel it and to name it and to, you know, look at where it is in your body. Close your eyes if you can when you do it. Try to get out of your head for just one minute and notice how the emotion feels. When I first started doing this stuff, I was shocked that I could actually feel my emotions in a physical way. But I'm telling you that doing it often takes away some of the emotional intensity. It stops or at least slows down that loop that's going on. Focusing your energy on your emotion instead of trying to escape it allows your body to process it. Instead of throwing more chemicals, right, throwing more fuel on the emotional fire, let it happen and feel it happen. It's just a sensation. That is your emotion. Everything else is just your thoughts. And those are 100% optional, but more on that another time. Now look, don't expect that this process is going to be comfortable. If you're at all like me, your brain is used to distraction. You're either always putting on music or TV or a book or Netflix or podcasts or whatever. You rarely just spend time with nothing but your own brain and body. So it's going to be uncomfortable at first. If you're using your badass brain to observe, you'll start to see how much that base brain tries to convince you to do something, anything, to distract you from the discomfort. But try not to give in. You are building your emotional muscle. And just like building the other muscles in your body, it's not meant to be easy. It takes work and possibly even a bit of pain, but it is so worth it. Not because it will stop the negative emotion in your life, but because it will keep the negative emotion from stopping you. Peace and freedom do not come from resisting your emotions. They come from your true willingness to feel them, to feel anything. So bring it on. And there's more to this than simply the peace and freedom that come when we stop resisting our emotions. And in my next episode, I'm going to share some other cool things that happen when you become willing to allow your emotions. So please subscribe to the podcast so that you'll be the first to know when the episode's released. And if you can, please take a minute to give me a rating or better yet, um, a written review. I'd really appreciate it as that is how I can make other people aware that this podcast exists. And as always, I love hearing your feedback or questions on what I've discussed or your ideas about what you'd like me to talk about in the future. And you can reach me at info at yourbadassbrain.com. Okay, thanks for listening. Have an amazing day and keep on using your badass brain.
Bye for now.